This is Sandy Moore, host of A Real Piece of Art. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode of A Real Piece of Art. I focused on Regina's John A. McDonald statue in Victoria Park a while back, and I'm pleased to offer more of the conversation I had with my guests, Alex King, David Garneau, and Jerome Melanson, about the John A. McDonald statue, its history, its meaning, and their letter in support of calls for its removal. If you haven't listened to this earlier episode about Regina's John A. McDonald statue, it's available on the CJTR website, cjtr.ca, SoundCloud, and iTunes podcasts. Since then, the City of Regina has conducted a legacy review into the future of the statue, discussing its role to remind of past harms to Indigenous and Métis people and options for the statue's relocation. Jerome, David, and Alex had such insightful, thoughtful, sensitive, and unexpected thoughts about the statue that I thought it would be helpful to share more of their comments. So let's get on with the show, one that will hopefully have you saying, that's a real piece of art. My name is David Garneau, I'm a professor of visual arts at the University of Regina, and my motivation for uh, co-signing this letter that Alex um, so artfully crafted was sort of an emotional response to the statue of Johnny McDonald, Victoria Square Park, when it first moved here 21 years ago, and have uh, had a simmering feud with the, the metal man ever since. My name is uh, Jerome Melanson. I'm an uh, associate professor of uh, French and Francophone Intercultural Studies at the University of Regina. My background is in uh, political philosophy, political representations. I'm also a poet, very concerned with the aesthetics of uh, urban life. I honestly find the statue quite ugly, both politically and um, aesthetically. I'm also very uh, aware of the responses that people can have to this kind of public art. So for me, it's important to support those who express this uh, desire and need to change the urban landscape so that we can have a more just collective life in this way. My name is Alex King. I'm a curator. Um, I work at the University of Regina. I'm from England originally. I moved here about eight years ago. So I, I'm a, a recent uh, immigrant and uh, uninvited guest here. Sort of as part of my interest in heritage, I have a museum background and also kind of ongoing efforts to think about decolonization, particularly given my own personal background and relationship to Regina. I am here very much because of colonialism um, I was uh, very keen to support the efforts by the activists who were calling for the removal of the John A. McDonald statue. So I first moved to Regina from Alberta in 1999, so 21 years ago. And in touring around the city, I went to Victoria Park and saw that statue of John A. McDonald and was quite surprised. Um, growing up in Edmonton and then in Calgary, I never saw such a statue. And so I wondered what it was there, why it was there. And knowing that Riel was executed in Regina, it seemed, I was just viscerally surprised. So maybe three, four years after living here, uh, on uh, November 16th, I would just make a little noose out of twine and put it at his foot, or sometimes uh, once wrapped one around his hand that's holding up the scroll. And then one year I left a full full size noose, um, but I was really anxious that someone might do something dangerous with it. So it was cut really short, so it couldn't be used. <laughs> And then uh, um, about seven years ago, I thought I, that was sort of just a private action. And I just found myself avoiding the, the beautiful park and uh, thought that was wrong too. So I decided I wanted to do something public. 
So um, I approached uh, Blair Fornwald. She, wanted, she was doing some public artwork in the park. And I told her, you know, I had this idea. I can't remember who approached whom. And uh, Blair was a, a, a curator at the Dunlop Art Gallery, which is right on the park, part of the library. And so uh, for the 2014 anniversary, I had a suit made, uh, a felt suit. Um, and I was sort of dressed like the ghost of Riel. And I had a hood and a noose around my neck. I did this kind of involved performance uh, silently uh, there. And then I did it uh, with the curator, Erin Sutherland, out at Johnny's hometown of Kingston. Uh, she's a Métis curator. I should say I'm a Métis person. That's why I was reacting um, strongly to Riel. And then also I did it in reaction to Canada 150. I was invited out there to do it in reaction to Canada 150 and also the John A. Um, statue in, in Ottawa. Um, and then more recently, in maybe two years ago, I did another version, except uh, I dressed in a golden real suit and re redid it, uh, the performance uh, or something similar in the Regina statue and where I was talking and I wanted to um, convince Ria, the, I mean, John A to retire with me uh, to the museum. So that's the first time that I, I, sort of, I sort of understood the statue as a thing that wouldn't move initially and that I just wanted to register my complaints and that uh, he owned that park. And, but then afterwards, um, by a couple of years ago, I, I felt that no, no, I want to take it back. And, but also I also was, uh, didn't want to celebrate Riel as a statue. I didn't want to make a, a, a solid counter proposal. Though I had worked on a project where we approached um, uh, Joe Fapard to make a statue of, John, of uh, Riel. Uh, but soon after, I realized it just that just didn't make sense. And so my performance was really about these um, celebrations of masculinity and how problematic they are. So I was trying to coax John A to retire with me. I just wanted to make a small thing because I really appreciate that uh, Jerome mentioned um, how ugly the statue is. It's not ugly, it's just boring. Um, I remember reading a book, uh, it was Museum Without Walls by Andre Malraux. And early on in the book, uh, I read this in like high school or junior high. He had this wonderful um, example of Alexandrian coins and how the mint uh, coins in uh, close to uh, Rome or Alexandria were perfect, beautiful. But as the coins got minted further and further away from the source, they got uglier and uglier. And when I was doing the performance of uh, in front of the John A. in Ottawa, I thought it's a remarkably beautiful statue as, as art. It's got a woman below representing colonized Canada, maybe. I don't know what it was, but it set up this enigmatic, strange conversation that I really enjoyed uh, performing with. And the one in um, Winnipeg, or I mean, in Kingston, is quite beautiful too, but, you know, lesser. And by the time it gets here, that statue was only, the one here was only made in 67, and it's pretty minimal, it's boring. And the one of Riel in Montreal, I mean, sorry, in Winnipeg, looks almost the same. They're posed the same. It's just a, it's just boring. So I love that there's a reaction on its level of, I mean, no one's going to defend a thing as an artwork. Yeah, it, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, it was erected in 67. I think it was created by two local artists. I know uh, John Cullen was one of the artists who work, worked on it. Uh, and presumably as kind of centennial efforts to toward kind of nation building or sort of a, a new take on nation building. So in a way, 
McDonald is kind was kind of a figurehead for that, but I think it's important to remember that. Well, I think of the sculpture really as a relic, in both senses of the word, in the sense that it represents old-fashioned ideas, even the fact that it's sculpted in the way it is. That type of monument, that sort of realistic figure, is a relic. It's this is something you know. This kind of um, obsession with statuary is not something that we tend to see happening today we've sort of maybe shifted towards public art and, and sculpture uh, and it's certainly not a relic in the sense that it contains any of his bones or anything at least not that I know of but um, it also represents uh, sort of these venerated ideas that people are still struggling to let go of um, despite the fact that you know as David attested and um, I remember reading something by Evening Star when she said that she felt sick when, whenever she saw it. Um, it, it literally is it's very harmful. People uh, uh, feel extremely uncomfortable in its presence um, with the reminder of what McDonald did. Um, but there is obviously, uh, you know, an argument, not a very strong one in my opinion, that it, it should remain and that to take it down is erasing history. Um, but I just wanted to say, I think it's important to note that um, remembering and memorial, memorializing and commemorating MacDonald is not something that just happened in 1967. I mean, even in, I think it was like 2012, um, there were, they renamed, uh, you know, some uh, spaces in Ottawa, John A. MacDonald's Park, River Parkway, I think it's called. But these efforts are still ongoing. They're not something that's necessarily relegated to the 60s or to that idea of um, celebrating nationhood and the centennial. Um, they're ideas that people are upholding. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, as Jérôme said, they represent some of the worst ideas that Canada has ever had. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, all, it's both, it's sort of like an interesting, it's a very interesting object to me. It sort of represents the past. It absolutely represents the present, unfortunately, and ideas that came from the past that have continued to persist and have been very difficult to let go of. It's incredibly harmful for people who uh, have to spend time around it and pass it. Um, and the idea that, you know, taking it down is somehow erasing history is so ludicrous to me. I mean, it's, like David said, it's in Victoria Park, like this is, it's in Regina, you know, colonialism is built into the infrastructure of the city. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very long time, if ever, that uh, the markers of that are, are reframed or erased or whatever it is we, you know, Canada decides to do with those things. Um, and, you know, we're seeing also, I think within the last few days, the calls to rename Duden Avenue, which I think is also uh, very, very important, perhaps, if not more so. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess how I apprehended the thing when I came was that it's it's the strange legacy of this place, you know, sort of this half-assed job. Um, Regina is unlike any other capital city in North America in that it's uh, one of the few, I don't think there's another one in Canada, I think there's only one city in the States that isn't founded on a a big lake or on the ocean or a serious river. Um, it's kind of a fake place. There isn't any First Nations who even claim the place. It's not a sacred site. It, it's this sort of tabula rasa place. And so this um, sort of pastiche of empire really didn't take. And so this thing is just like a, 
a non-serious object. And so I haven't even heard anybody really defending it here. You know, John A. generally, history in some broad sense. But it shouldn't be a problem to move it. And so my reaction was a very personal one is just offense and not wanting to be in that kind of space and, and just scratching my head. Um, and so for me, this is primarily a non-Indigenous problem. And to hear non-Indigenous people taking these things seriously and realizing that it's a celebration on, on their behalf more than on the behalf of Indigenous folks becomes very interesting to me. So when people start taking, you know, what colonial legacy or what legacy that they want to celebrate, that becomes interesting. What kinds of monuments do you want to make to celebrate this city or this place? Would it be, you know, fostering or adopting Indigenous things like some people do? Is it to make them non-monumental, but uh, sort of um, a living monuments, I consider them, that kind of thing? It's, it's a big sea change. And I think there's just an incredulity towards these larger narratives and also towards these kinds of monuments uh, that I think is happening. And it's, it's quite exciting to me. Yeah, I have to say my, my personal take um, about, uh, you know, not just this John A. McDonald statue in uh, Victoria Park in Regina, but, you know, most figural, large bronze figural sculpture, these monuments, they're just monuments to power, and they're very inarticulate. And, um, you know, I think that they are, you know, they, their, their role is to be oppressive. And the thing is, from an artistic point of view, I, I can imagine figurative cases um, there were some things in the Baroque era and even the late 19th century that were narrative and were, were puzzling and, and engaging. So I don't, I'm not writing off statuary. <laughs> it's just weak statuary, you know, um, non-inspired. You know, I can imagine a John A. McDonald statue by Kent Monkman that I would find kind of interesting. You're listening to A Real Piece of Art on CJTR 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. Yeah, I don't want to write off the statues uh, or uh, I want to engage it as an art problem. So when I was performing with the piece six or whatever years ago, I was thinking about an engagement of masculinity and how Riel in the end of the performance turns his back on that way of uh, masculinity. And before I decided that, uh, you know, I just didn't think there should be a counter monument of uh, Riel, my friend uh, Frederick Dupre and I were puzzling this through and we approached Joe Fapard and Joe had, oh, he says, I've had this idea for ages. I know exactly what it should be. And he drew it out on a napkin. And it was this really big boulder, big rock. And it had a very pensive, anxious looking Riel at, sitting at the bottom. He wasn't on a pedestal or anything. And it was this moment of indecision. And there are so many moments in his life this could have been that you were engaged as a person. And I found that really terrific. He wasn't yeah, embodying power, according to the usual template. It was, um, it was a serious work of art, this idea. So as an artist, I, I, I would like to have that, but as a, a political statement, it's just, we don't need another guy statue, but I wish Joe hadn't died and we could have at least got a little maquette and then uh, made a big version because it, it was a, a sensitive approach to the, to the, to the problem. And the, the, the way the statue looks um, uh, is interesting to me because of the how much public art and, and monument uh, monuments like this um, end up 
um, uh, teaching us how to look at things, right? So we, um, we don't see a lot of art in day-to-day life. Um, we can, it's easier now with the internet, Instagram, everything else. Uh, but on the whole, we're not exposed to a whole, uh, whole lot of art. Um, and um, a monument like this draws our attention um, as something worth looking, right? It's, it's made by, by someone for a reason, of course. Um, but our, our sight, our, our way of looking at things is educated by these statues. Yeah. Right? And so to a sense, we're educated towards med- mediocrity. In this, in, in this case, we don't have a very inspiring piece of art. Um, but we're, we're also um, uh, colonized, right? So um, uh, we're, we're reminded, in the case of, of settlers like myself, we're reminded um, of the role we're supposed to play, of who we're supposed to emulate, of who's supposed to be taking up uh, space in public. Yeah. And so when you flip that towards um, people who don't have European origins, people who aren't white, who don't have those ties um, uh, where they, they can be identified with um, the, the founders of the country, even if they don't identify themselves, um, then the colonization is a lot stronger. It's not just um, making them into more of settlers or reminding them of their role as settlers. It's reminding them of their role as colonized peoples. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit of, a, of an insult added to it by the fact that it's not even grand or, or, or magnificent. <laughs> um, it's the, it's a, a very poor attempt at just running people of, of what our country is and, and who they are. Right? And when this, when this is what educate, uh, educates our, our site, then um, I don't have a whole lot of, of hope for being able to you know, understand um, how people present themselves, how people express themselves. Yeah, I I was going to add that I think there's just tremendous potential here for something kind of exciting. Uh, I'm not really sure where I stand on statuary or sculpture. For me, it feels sort of just like an inversion of something that's already there. It's a a Western tradition. Um, In its place, I might be interested in, in hearing what kind of commemorative or uh, memorializing um, actions uh, may have occurred traditionally for for the original uh, caretakers of this land and what that might look like in a contemporary context. I think Regina has an amazing, um, I don't know if monument's the right word, but it has an incredible public artwork in the form of the uh, Dwayne Linklater uh, piece that's on the facade of the Mackenzie Art Gallery. Uh, I think it's called Kakwe Forever, uh, and it just reads in neon if you're familiar with it. Uh, as the sun shines, the river flows and the grass grows. Am I getting that in the right order? <laughs> uh, I think that's a, that's a really, really beautiful um, intervention, a, a really important reminder. It's something that greets you when you arrive in the city. You can see it from really far away if you're flying over. Um, so I think there are there are things that um, could replace that sculpture, uh, and I would like to see it replaced. I don't personally want to see it remain there, um, even with amended signage. Um, just my personal take. Um, but you know, I think there there are lots of alternatives to to statuary. Um, perhaps working to create a space that feels welcoming and safe and collegial. 
for all the people that use that space um, would be very interesting to me. And I think the, the, we cited the city bylaw that says that the, any sort of additions to public space are supposed to benefit the people that use that space. Um, it's obviously very clear that that sculpture does not do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I try and couch my descriptions in nonviolent language as best as possible. So I consider a relocation appropriate. How can you re object to a relocation? It's not destroying the thing. It's putting it in another place that it, it's better suited to it, you know? Um, the kind of objections people raise, as Jerome was arguing, is that he was a man of his times. Uh, it is important to look back historically into the objections that occurred, um, especially among First Nations people, uh, but also according to the standards of time, the times, these were recognized as colonial and immoral acts and the acts of power. Um, that's important. And so if you side for that, if you agree that uh, Manifest Destiny or any of these other things that, that, that Indigenous people are, are somehow less than Europeans, but are particularly uh, British people, if you side for that, then you should take that statue and celebrate it in your correct location. If you're not for that, then it, it ought to go. Um, to me, I, I find myself divided, like as a just as a person, I just respond emotionally and I don't like to make other people responsible for my emotions. Uh, but if they collectively decide on their own that you know they have an intersubjective feeling of, of similarity, disgust, um, then they just want the thing gone or, or moved, um, then that's wonderful. Um, I wouldn't enact my way of thinking or feeling in terms of a policy. It's just that damn thing. Okay, Dudney, let's move that that one too, and you know it can go on and on. But I would like to go case by case, so that we um, we are responding as a community, right, rather than just as one advocate group, um, just to do something to appease that group. It's like a collective decision of, yeah, let's move on. And I was serious when I considered this place uh, more tabula rasa than many many other places, is that we have a chance to reform it to make it as we like. And that's interesting, that's exciting. Um, I like the idea that we can work collectively and intersubjectively at the same time. I, I personally, I like the idea of, of removing it because um, uh, putting a, a counter monument across from it or whatever um, sort of plays into the idea that, that these perspectives might be equivalent, they might be of equal value or equal importance. Um, and so it's not really making a statement other than saying, well, here's a plurality of you, you all decide. Whereas, I mean, what uh, Maynard did and, and, and stands for today was wrong at the time by their standards. There was resistance, much resistance to it at the time, um, uh, both from indigenous and non-indigenous people. Um, and so making it uh, is really um, uh, making a statement that this is still worth something. This is still worth, um, uh, celebrating. So I was thinking that I'd, I'd rather um, not see uh, a counter monument erected. Um, my concern with that is that it, it um, gives the impression that these perspectives are equivalent or equal. Um, whereas we know that what Johnny McDonald did and what he stands for today was always wrong. Um, uh, there was opposition and resistance to it at the time. There has been ever since, 
from both indigenous and non-indigenous people. Um, and then putting two statues side by side is just basically telling people, you choose, you decide where you stand, as if there really was a choice. Whereas uh, I think most people, when um, they see those actions, they might uh, push them aside by saying, well, he also did all these things uh, aside from that. Um, but they would still condemn those actions um, if they were to take place today and as it took place in the, in the past. Um, so I think it's important to not celebrate um, uh, these positions or show them as equivalent to, to, to others. Thank you to my guests, Jerome Melanson, Alex King, and David Garneau. Thank you for listening to A Real Piece of Art on CJTR 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. Important station news, CJTR has announced the winners of the 2020 Volunteer Awards. Big congratulations go to our Volunteer of the Year, Janelle Ogilvie. During a very difficult pandemic year, Janelle oversaw three major projects. The new on-demand listening website, cjtr.ca, the emergency membership drive with lawn and window signs, and the rebranding of CJTR's visual identity. We also want to applaud the recipient of the 2020 Lifetime Achievement Award, Ben Valiajo. Many of our listeners will know Ben's name already as he's been with the station since 2004 and currently hosts the longest-running morning program, Weekend Break. He's been involved with the station in many ways, including sitting on the board of directors for eight years in various roles, including president. Ben has always been a huge supporter of the station on the air as well as in the community. Congrats, Ben!